Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good evening, welcome back to Heart and Hand Extra. This is your second pre-show of the week and I am your host, Adam Thornton. We're making a, a bit of a habit of these happy extras. Cami has done the last two after European away games and we've lost both of them, which I think tells its own story. But anyway, we are here to talk about Rangers, who are now in the Europa League final after another 3-1 win at Ibrox, this time against RB Leipzig. Joining me to basically just cheer and scream for the next 45 minutes are, first of all, David Edgar. Aye, I don't know how much screaming I'll be doing after last night. My voice is taking on Sean Dyche-ian characteristics, but it was well worth it. Do you know, I tried to do, just about half an hour ago, I tried to scream uh, the John Lindstrom song and my voice broke at the end. <laughs> I was about 14 and Lincoln running through saying, what is going on in here? And I was like, sorry, just got that excited. Um, we've also got Martin Ramsey. Hi Adam, David, James, listeners. Um, anyone slept yet? No. Nah. Tried. Tried. No, I, uh, uh, I, I eventually at like half four I thought I've got to try and sleep. Went to bed seven o'clock. I think I maybe got about two hours fitful sleep and then just gave it up as a bad lot and got up. I think we're getting used to Thursday nights being Europa like nights. that but uh, there's always that buzz and it does take a bit of time to get down especially if you're doing media and you don't get away from the stadium for whatever but nah <laughs> last night never really happened to be honest but uh, wouldn't have it any other way nope and we also have James Forrest James how are you we're all sounding suitably husky which is which is going to be good and, and hopefully that's uh, something people can enjoy I feel hungover but didn't drink any drop of alcohol last night i'm not quite sure how that's possible um but just the adrenaline and the excitement of one of the most memorable nights of i think most of our lives last night that was just an incredible thing to experience yeah it takes quite a lot for me to be husky to be honest so i'm going to take it when i when i get it Mm. Um, but completely agree just absolutely drained of 
all energy. I think um, it was a very, very emotional night. David, I'm, I'm not even really sure what to say on this podcast. It doesn't really feel like we need to break the, do- the game down play by play, but of course we'll, no. we'll try our best um, to hit the main points in a little bit. But just your, your immediate reactions, please. Um, I was confident going in, and I think there was an air of confidence among the support, which I think is generated by the players. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in Leipzig last week and, and doing press, and it, it, I think I mentioned this on, on Patreon, but I was struck by how confident the players and the management were. They really did believe they were going to do it. Not complacent, not arrogant, and not bravado, just this really centred, quiet confidence. Um Given everything that had gone on at Ibrox this week, given the emotional toll, I think there was always concerns that the players might get a little bit caught up in in the the, the maelstrom. But they didn't. They they were focused. I think the image of this this night for me will be Glenn Kamara um, kissing the armband with just this look of steely resolve on his face that we're doing this. Um, I, I, look, it, this shouldn't happen. You know, I I mean it's easy to be over emotional and it's easy and I'm probably going to be um and it's easy to to say things that are maybe a little trite in this instance but Red Bull have got every I mean they're backed by a, a conglomerate you know they're, they're backed by a, a multi-billion dollar corporation they have everything that you could possibly imagine uh, on top of their TV money and you know they're pretty much guaranteed either Champions League or Europa League group stages every year um and they were blown away last night by Rangers. And this is the thing about this run. The 2008 run was amazing, but you know it was edge of your seat, seat of the pants stuff, um, defending for your lives and trying to nick something. This has not been that. We have beaten every team that we've come up against in this run. We have been better than them. We have outscored them all. Uh, there'll be no away goals and nothing like that. Rangers have just been better over 180 or... 210 minutes in the case of Braga than some very, very decent outfits. And I, I, I think 2008, I sort of felt Adam getting there. When we got past Fiorentina, there was maybe a sense of, well, we're just happy to be there. I don't get that this time from fans or players. Last night was amazing, but I think there's a belief that we can yeah. and will go on and lift us. And, and it feels different to me in a very, very good way. But look, when I turned 30, I had given up hope of seeing my sign a European final. By the time I'm 45, I'll have seen us in two. And here's a wee start for you all. Since their takeover in 2008, Rangers have made twice as many European finals as Manchester City. <laughs> it's mental. Martin, um, we spoke about how the players just seem to think quite casually, yeah, this is happening, just, just because. Um, in that kind of superstitious way that, that players... Uh, probably behave. I think I have, in some part of my brain, been pretty similar ever since Dortmund. But I would never allow myself to think it fully, and I would never say it um, out loud. But just the way things have gone, um, that there has been that feeling that we were at the very, very least going to get to to the final. Um, I, I know you're kind of thinking the same, probably that the players feel it, but maybe not necessarily yourself. But how how did that manifest itself pre-game for you? Because there were a lot of nerves flying about, but for me it was nerves about the occasion rather than the mm. team and, and the game. Uh, it's, it's hard to make sense of the, the, the day yesterday. It, it was actually quite a horrible day until yeah. kick-off. 
And even then it got worse. John Lundstrom until the ref blew that one. <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? It's this being a football fan or a football fan of well, that's not true because it's all relative, right? You know, a, a, someone that supports a team in League Two and then they get a, a playoff win at Wembley, or whatever. That that's that's incredible. So it is all relative. It's an exquisite torture being a football fan because you you only get the good moments. Um, usually at the end when it's all done, you know you know the outcome and it's a good one. You've got to live through uh, that incredible tension. And listen, there, there were moments last night that we had to weather a few storms. That that two midfield at the start didn't really look like it was happening, did it, Adam? And um, they, they, they were quite comfortable. And obviously that maybe 15, 20-minute spell they had right after the second half and they were kind of pulling the strings, pulling us out a wee bit. And uh, everything is just a, 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 a loving nightmare until you, you get the, 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 the prize. This belief thing... Uh, yeah, it has come from Dortmund. I don't even know if it was Dortmund away because you can maybe just say it was just one of those nights. I think Dortmund at Irox, um and we looked, we were going out at halftime. Don't care what anyone says, we were, that, that, that's where that game was headed. And the manager, as we know, made big changes, the players bought into it and it was an incredible night. And then it's it's the draw, isn't it? And I think Red Star and Braga, just no, no gimmies for sure, but even I felt, you know, these are these are doable. Um, that night that Barcelona and Leon went out, you're like, right, this this really this really could happen. Um, I'll be honest, I, I was, as you know, very disappointed with that goal last last week. I, I would have been confident when when 0-0. Um, I just I fear for them with their pace on the break, and but I th- I thought Rangers, as I said, managed the game so well last night. Um, they didn't go hell for leather. Uh, I I think we we talked about that in, in the, the the pre-match show in the, in the press room. I, I think they felt Braga were there for an absolute doing, yep. but I, I think they knew that this was a different team, and they were just going to have to be a bit patient, grab the goals when they could. We had that wee spell at what five ten minutes in the in the first half. That's just so characteristic of these Ibrox knockout games where we score one goal, then another, then probably should have a third, um, and we just boxed. We just boxed well. Um, and they stopped after their second goal, eh, after their first goal, to to, to tie everything up. Uh, and then it was who's going to deliver the knockout then? And it was us. Um, and these players believe that they they had they had to find an answer last night. That was a sticky spell when Leipzig leveled the tie because they were in the ascendancy. And for the first time this season, get into between seventy and eighty minutes, we looked tired, mm. and we found a way because. This team do in, in in this this competition. Echo the thoughts of David on on eight. We ah, we were like competition winners by the time we got to that final. Walter said something after Lisbon. Um, I just hope we get to the final, and you know, I think that was the prize really. Getting to a final seems so otherworldly, and that 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 was kind of enough. And they, I don't think that that team had the belief really when it came down to it that night. I think this team do, absolutely. Um, and look, I, I don't believe in fate, don't believe in destiny, it's all romantic nonsense, but players are superstitious creatures and they will buy into whatever narrative they can cling to and the 150 and the 50 years from, from Barcelona and some of, of the, the, the emotional um, trials that they've had internally at the club this season all feeds into that and, and anything that, 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 I mean, whatever works really, but anything that makes them feel that 
we're on we're on this course and and no one is deviating um us from that and that that's how it feels at the minute i think there's a style thing as well guys, totally. that 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 Rangers team, they knew what had got them there, 2008, and it was scrap and it was hard work, and they'd they'd found a way just to sort of clamber over these these opponents. But with the exception of maybe Werder Bremen at home, yeah. uh, we we had to play a certain way, and it's it's actually quite telling that when people talk about that run, the only kind of memorable night they bring up is really Florence. You know, it's part of that run. Obviously, the final was very memorable, but the there weren't these great nights really even at Ibrox. Bremen was the nearest. Well, in this run, we've already had Dortmund, Braga, and last night at home. And Red Star was pretty special as well, but it, it's gone fourth in the list because of um, how great the other three were. Um, and I think that the, the re- one of the reasons for the, the confidence and the deserved confidence is we don't need to go and hang, you know, and, and hold on and rope a dope and hope against anybody. We can go out and play. Um, now, we, we'll still have to defend well and we'll still have to be careful in possession. Uh, we were a wee bit loose at times in the first half last night that got us worrying. But they know they are capable of going and putting together passing moves and combinations and scoring goals. It's a different level of confidence because, with all due respect, I think that we are a far better team in terms of football ability. Now, in terms of attitude, that, that particular team had it domestically and in Europe that season. But this this team in Europe has proven a lot of them over four years that they deserve to be in this competition. And it's somehow very fitting that this group, because I think there's a legitimate shout, if they win it um, in particular, but even if they don't, I think there's a legitimate shout for this four years to be our best concerted period of performance in Europe. No danger. No question. Oh, right. Okay. I thought you were disagreeing. No, no, no Uh, question at all. This has been... People have been talking about the Ibrox atmosphere, guys, and we've had some special nights, but we've had some desperate nights and some humiliating nights, some real flat nights with loads of empty seats because the club didn't get the prices right, and and it, it, there was just this mismatch really when it came to Europe um, through the nineties and whatever. Uh, domestic success came maybe a wee bit later than we we talked about with Gerard, but the the European respectability was instant. And I think we just bought into that that side of from from twenty eighteen and 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 some of the teams that have, that have come to Ibrox and, and left with very little um, has just increased this sense of of event. Um, took it maybe a wee dip in the the group stages this this year. It was it was quite flat until until Sparta really. Um, but this this uh, these last four games are not they're not isolated. They're not one. There's not a one off season. This is. Perhaps the culmination. Hopefully not. Hopefully this is, you know, Rangers being in Europe post Christmas, post the clocks changing, just being a a, a, a norm would be great. Uh, but this is this is part of the a pattern that the, the, the squad and fans and club are just tuned in when it comes to Europe, uh, and have been since since twenty eighteen. I would go really as far as saying that after we beat Dortmund, to me that these four seasons are up there in terms yeah. of oh yeah I mean I, I don't I honestly can't there's certainly in my lifetime and I suppose that's all I can judge um, and especially the way European football is now you you don't win a tournament by winning four four ties um, but the, you know that doesn't get you all that far these days you need to play mm. eight games to be midway through a group stage really so I, I think that when you when you factor in the amount of games that they've had to play to do it uh, you know some of these guys will be a lot among our 
record, you know, damn near record holders for appearances within yeah. four years um, because of the amount of European games they've played. But the other thing was, I remember in the early 2000s when Celtic did much better in Europe than we did, um, they couldn't win away. Remember famously? Yeah, yeah. 33 ties. But they could get through group because they fancied themselves against anyone at home and they bought yeah. into the mythology of Parkhead and their fans bought into the mythology of it. So when they went, the noise was amazing. And opposition and bought into it. And the opposition bought into it. And we didn't. We didn't have that because we'd been scarred by the 90s. Um, we'd been so badly scarred that we didn't have it. As Martin says, you would go to matches in the atmosphere. I go back to the Fiorentina semi. The atmosphere was flat. Mm-hmm. At the home leg, because there was just this fear of oh, is this going to happen? Um, Ibrox is different now. Ibrox is special and has been these four years. You know, Yanis Hadji's immortal quote uh, that you know it's, yeah. it's just different, and it is. And I mean, last night again, you know, when I, I was in Leipzig last week, was speaking to their officials. You know, they were perfectly pleasant guys, and I, I, I think we all remarked to each other last week as we were coming home that. Uh, they seemed awfully happy. With, I mean, delighted with a one now. I mean, really, really delighted. And Braga, yeah, and and, mm. and as said Braga, and and I sort of said to them, I was like, you really had to put us away tonight because you don't know what you're going into next week. And they were like, oh well, you know, we've been to Dortmund and mm. we've been to Munich, and I said it's different. You don't understand. Well, their manager and their chairman both come out and said, I it's all right saying you know what. You know, one of the quotes was, it's it, it's okay saying you know what to expect, but you don't until you experience it here. And these can be self-fulfilling prophecies. And in the way that we didn't have it because of the 90s, Celtic have lost it. They don't feel that way. They're expecting bad things to happen to them in Europe because bad things always happen to them in Europe. Whereas with us, we go into it against anybody thinking, hey, you never know. And that feeds on itself. And then last night, I think, was the absolute epitome. When you've got a team as coldly professional as Red Bull Leipzig because they're not an emotional club, right? They are the sporting division of a of a corporation. Everyone there is a professional. They're doing it because they earn big money to be there. Nobody loves Red Bull Leipzig, including the fans. Mm-hmm. And for them to come to Ibrox and go, holy shit, what is going on here? You can't manufacture that. You can't buy that. As they're, they're proven, you can have all the money in the world, but you can't buy that. Adam, Adam, sorry, not sorry, just because people have been asking me on Twitter. We'll do the greatest games thing again in 2024. I think you're talking 10, 15 yeah. new entries. It's just in that 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 spell of the last three years yeah. um, because there's so many memories in, in one-off fixtures been been made. It's been, it's been incredible. Five time. Eight, five I know. Games. Easy. Um, yeah, there's an interesting stat. I know we're talking about comparisons in terms of 2008 to to, to now, but um, Ted Vickers on, on Twitter has actually just posted something saying last night was already the fifth time under Van Bronckhorst that Rangers have won by a two-goal margin in yeah. um, Europe. Uh, it only happened six times under Gerrard across three and a bit seasons. That's, that's quite interesting. James, myself, David and Martin were talking pre-match on the, on the Patreon site. Uh, and David asked me what I thought of the team and my response was maybe a little bit flippant but I said I didn't really care I don't think it really matters who plays just now when you boil it down last night we, we started that game with John Lundstrom at, at centre-half who's converted Calvin Bassey at centre-half who's, who's converted so basically we played one centre-half um, against Red Bull Leipzig we had Jack and Kamara in the midfield who 
are good players. Kamara isn't having a good season. He was fan- he came on to a fantastic game last night. But when you look at it in isolation, play- there was nearly riots when Jack and Kamara played in central midfield against Livingston <laughs> 18 months ago. Um, that shouldn't really work. And then we've got Joe Rebo as centre-forward and Scott Wright, who, um, no offence to him, didn't have the, the best game last night. There, it's a makeshift team that we put out there, James, but it just didn't really seem to matter. It was about the team collective and the spirit that the team have got rather than the individuals. Obviously, we're also missing Ruth, Morelos, Hadji, Hellander, um, someone else that's escaped my mind. Um, they're all missing that we big players. And, that, and Aribo had to go off. And Aribo had to go off. These big players that have went to the well for us time and time again. But it just didn't matter. There's just this collective belief, James. There is because we trust that the manager knows what he's doing. You know, we know like he he's been very innocent. I know you and I have talked about this, Adam, at, at games before. It really is it's less about, you know, there being a specific shape and then putting in the players to suit that. It's about saying these are strongest eleven players we've got available. This is a system that's going to work. And again, it was something a bit different in this game. You know, we've we've had a lot of experience in recent years of the shape is the same, no matter what, we will play the same way. But we matched what Leipzig shaped up to in that game last night. We did exactly the same thing. We had Lundstrom playing more on the right-hand side with Goldson in the centre. That was a very deliberate choice and ploy because Goldson is your only natural centre-backs that makes sense for, for him to be in that position. Tavernier and Barisic were playing more as kind of wide midfielders at points rather than over in Leipzig. They were definitely playing in the defence. It was a flat back five. Um, Arebo would come slightly deeper because he's more naturally a midfielder. But again, it just works to suit those individual players. It's you know You're right that it doesn't overly matter as much in terms of all right, this is the 11 because it's about the shit. It's about the actual instructions that's coming from the bench for the specific game plan. And I think Van Bronckhorst, certainly before tonight and especially now, he's earned the right for us to believe that we know what he's doing in these sorts of games. And worked beautifully we started the game really really strongly we started as as you would expect it to i think the goal comes at a you know a really really good time for us because we don't have that sense of oh it's half an hour still not got that goal getting that that slight bit of fear that you're actually going to get when you hit that milestone um and the second goal i mean I'm, a lot of a lot of last night is a blur for for me in a lot of ways, but it doesn't feel like it's not as as much longer before we do get that second. Um, and from there, you know, we just looked. You know, we didn't look like we were up against a team that was you know, hundred million pound players and stuff like that. We looked like we matched that perfectly fine, um, and the atmosphere was incredible to go along with it uh, as well. But. Yeah, so much of this is on Geo and the coaching staff for the way that we've we now feel like a proper team in these type of environments and these sorts of games, uh, and they can step up to that challenge. Martin, I think we said pre-match, you'd be able to tell within the first ten minutes or so whether it was going to be 
similar to the last few home games. Hmm. Probably fair to say that wasn't the case. We, we were yeah. terrific in, in that spell. What I would say now in the cold later day is when we started with that 3-4-3, we matched up to to Leipzig. Very, very bold and, and very brave. Um, the concern for me would have been Jack and Kamara up against their midfield too, and I think that yeah. probably, probably bore out a bit in, in the early stages. But when you think about that, makeshift defence is a bit of a wrong term there, but but it's kind of they're not in their natural positions. To go three on three, man for man, with that Red Bull front three was... Very brave, uh, and I guess looking back as a calculated gamble. Um, how do you think that that kind of went? It, it got better throughout the game, but how do you think it went? Oh, it was hugely bold. Um, to basically, go man for man um, across across the pitch. Uh, but it's that's what we've kind of come to expect from Van Bronckhorst in in Europe, certainly. Um, and you're better placed than than anyone else. Um, around to, to to comment on this, but I'm not sure we get that 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 sense of change, sense of of flexibility, sense of dynamism, sense of bravery with with Gerard in Europe or, or domestically at all. I mean, it's just such a we've seen so many variations, even within a game as we we, we did last night, because he has players at Lundstrom and Bassey, I guess Adam who. Yeah. Who can be flexible? Who can give them other options and are, are happy just kind of doing it? They understand their job. But yeah, we 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 set out that statement, which meant that we we weren't going to flood them. Which was that's characterised the last three home games, isn't it? Um, have we scored in the first ten minutes in every every game before last night? Oh, Something like that. I mean, it's, it's been a very early start. Up. I think it was yeah. like twelve minutes. But it's been a bit early start anyway, with that intent and and um you know, the old championship manager gung ho thing. Um so that meant we didn't do that, which was fine by me because it did too much pace and I just couldn't I couldn't have done it. So we need to play our way into the game, see out that um spell, I think they were maybe in some kind of false sense of security. Um and then we, we just picked our moments, Adam, I think to, to, to really go, as I said, that middle period of the first half. Scored two goals in five minutes. Should have been three in, I don't know, ten, whenever the, the Aribo chance fell. And it's it's not a... I was going to use the word blitzkrieg there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not just that incessantly until you, you fall down. It, it was targeted last night. Um, very grown up, very mature. Just a Rangers team in Europe that I've been wanting to see since I was a teenager. And not really seen until the last few years that that's that's the reality of it um just very aware very present in the game and 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 able to adapt um and i typify by i, I keep going back to those two lunchroom and bassy because they, they they they've been the story of this this knockout run i think yeah. um i'd add tav in there and yeah of course of course but we we kind of yeah, we knew what Tavin Morelos. He doesn't. He doesn't do ben, the ben two of well, them. Yeah, Tavin Morelos have, have basically just done what they've they've done for the last few years in Europe. Um, but it's the the ability to be different. Um, I, I think has 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 been characterised by those. Um, obviously everyone knows Lundstrom, but Bassi last night was just imperious at times, and you go back to that game in Prague. I don't think I've seen a worse Rangers performance in my life I'd from like an individual. To and to go yeah. from that 
to to this that is one of the, that must be the biggest turnaround in a season oh. I've ever seen. Everyone talks about Haley. That's, that's bollocks. I mean, Haley's still scoring 10, 15 goals before that 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 end of that season. That was a an awful performance in Prague. I mean, it looked it was embarrassing. Yeah, I'd like and to quote one of our uh, one of our friends, Ewan, who said uh, that not only did Calvin Bassey not look like a centre back, he looked like somebody who'd never seen a centre yeah. back. Um, and I just think the boy is incredibly teachable. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned this before on here. He is a really good kid. Um, he's a really nice, uh, respectful, kind person. He's just a good guy, Calvin Bassey. Um, and he listens and he does what his coaches tell him and he looks after himself and he works hard uh, and you, you pointed something out to us last night at the game Martin where you went he's telling Goldson where to be yeah, that, that's, <laughs> in, in contrast to a couple of weeks ago when Lundstrom is eviscerating him uh, at Hamden for bothering to, to check um, quite, how, rightly. Uh, yep. yeah, quite rightly and he's oh sorry sorry John sorry John and he, uh, that, that fits the Bassey mode because he is such a lovely boy um, and he absolutely um, that, that, there's a, a hint of subservience about that and then last night screaming at Goldson to stay back I'm going to move here you, you move there and you're like well this boy just changes almost within a game I mean it, it's an incredible rate of maturity that, that we've seen that seen this season. I I struggle to think of a Rangers player that's that's developed in a good way um, that quickly. I guess it's from when you think about it from zero expectations. If we're being kind of kind of cross border deal that's coming in, um, we already had Barisic there. You're thinking he's not really going to get much game time. It, it, it could have been akin to Matt Polster coming in, for example. Um, yeah, when he actually came in, so. For it to be low expectations, I always feel like maybe someone like Hately, who turns it around, coming in for um, money, international, all that sort of stuff. It, it's mm-hmm. more of a it's more of a surprise that they are not as good as you want them to be, and then when they turn it around to just get to the level that you want, then that's one thing. But coming in with nothing and, and playing the way that that Bassey's played, James, the one thing about Bassey is he can't head the ball. I think we all we all know that. <laughs> Um, there was even one last night he played head to oh, himself right two, two or three at the one three, two or three goes near the end yeah. oh, dear me the one thing I will say about that and I've, I've had so many messages particularly after Parkhead for some reason so many people getting in touch why, why is he always why is he never in the box like, he can't head the ball like you can see that at the back what's the point of him sending him up for a corner I, I get the confusion aspect of it it might do good but the other part of it is that recovery pace that he's got just leave him at the back and, and no one's going to get past him one on one even if they do, he'll catch them. James, that, that ability that he's got on the ball, off the ball, uh, is one thing. The heading is a bit of a, a bit of a low point. However, he's still very, very young. If he's going to be a centre half, timing in the air is one of the one of the later things I think you get in terms of anticipation and experience. So it's not like we've said he is a learner. It's not that he's never going to be head heading the ball. It's just right now, it's maybe just not a priority that he's he's been taught that. All the other aspects that he's got are arguably more important but what's what's your take on I guess his performance last night and, and through the knockouts I, I think he's been a really really important player for us at the back because of that versatility when we've needed to have someone come in at centre back when we've been because we've had bad luck really with that injuries in terms of Hellander and Balligan um, and many, many other teams would have a real issue there in terms of, well, who do you partner Conor Goldson with? But Calvin Bassey's you know, ability to kind of sort of learn on the job a wee bit um, is, has been 
crucial. It's been vital. You know, you, you look at the conversations that people have about, oh, do you know, I think he's, I think he's a left back. I still think he's a left back. Yeah, for the stuff that you were talking about there in terms of that, you know, from a defensive side, the recovery pace, but going forward, look how much of a better crosser he is now from yeah. at the start of the season. You know, there was times in games sort of earlier this campaign, if you remember, we were almost like willing him to get a good cross in because we wanted him to get better at that. Now you've no worries about him being able to put in a good delivery if he's if he's in that position. Um, you know, the same thing can happen in terms of your know, aerial ability, but other sides of it in terms of, you know, standing tackles and whatnot you know he's he's already in really really good place with that for someone who's 22 for someone who's got a really really exciting career ahead of him and you know when we look back on this campaign we'll talk about him as being one of the key guys for the fact he's been an ever-present in, in the back line the fact that he has made himself a first team player this season we've seen that progression over that and he can still progress even more he can still get better as well um, ah, it will be interesting over the next few seasons when when we see him. You know, where where do we play him? I think there are fans who certainly would have been in the camp of, oh, he's definitely a left back. He's definitely going to play there. That won't be so sure. Um, I always thought that you know you play him on the left hand side of a back three. That's probably you know his his actually is probably his best position because you almost. If you play the right way, you're going to get the best of both worlds in in, in that sense. Um, but whatever system, whatever shape we need to play, as Martin said, to have not only him but other players as well who can adapt to that to help suit our game plan that's going to give us the best chance of winning, those sorts of players, they are invaluable to a team. Definitely. David's, it just had to be John Lundstrom, didn't it, really? At the, <laughs> it at the did. Oh, don't. Don't tell me, by the way, that you know. Don't tell me. Martin says there's no such thing as fate and destiny. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll agree to disagree because it was going to be him. And I'll tell you something. I was glad it fell to him mm. rather than maybe some of our more erratic finishers, yeah. uh, shall we say? Uh, you'll remember the, the the incident when Scott Arfield does heroically, unbelievably well to fashion a thing where all he needs to do is, is square the ball and he tries this outside of the boot thing and passes it back to the goalkeeper nowhere near his target um, and we do have a couple of players uh, as much as I love Ryan Ken I wouldn't have him as a, a great finisher but I knew he'd score as soon as I saw that number four um, I knew he would do it his turnaround um, has been you know, astonishing because it's not that you know we, he'd had some good form earlier. We'd saw that, and nobody was desperate for him to go in January. But we wouldn't have been sad if he'd left. And there is a difference, but still, I suppose it comes to the same in the end. Um, it's not just that he's improved. It's not just that he's showing us, you know, why we signed him. It's that he's playing at a level in about six different positions, sometimes within matches. And he's playing with an authority and taking on a leadership role that is genuinely inviting comparisons with some of our actual greats. And he's so calm and unruffled. And I think that Martin and I have have spoken over the years about that guy in the team that you look to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a special player that 
right, you can do something special. We all know the famous Alan McLaren to Gaza story. You know, you're supposed to be the talented one. Go and do something. Um, and it can be that guy, absolutely. And I think they look at Ken or Morelos or Tav for that. But Lundstrom is just the, I will be all right. If this turns into a battle, I know we can win it because he's here, right? Um, I know he'll be there if I need to, you know, have a pass to him on or whatever. Um, but watching John Lundstrom at the end singing the John Lundstrom song and all his teammates serenading him and the Copeland was sitting around the whole stadium was, but he was in front of the Copeland and they're dancing away was just magnificent. I mean, it, I'm, I'm actually getting, you know, the, the, the kind of goose, <laughs> goosebump feeling just talking about it. Uh, he went through a lot and he never complained. You know, he never moaned. We never heard any stuff from his agent about, oh, you know, John's mm-hmm. not getting enough game time or any of that crap. And there were times I remember where he was doing press conferences when he hadn't been playing and he just kept saying, I'm working hard, I'll keep my head down. It was a lot to take in when I first arrived here, but I think I'm learning. Jesus, you've passed the exam. And again, you just feel when he's on the park safe. You know, he, he, he brings a level. And if he does that to me in the stand, if he does that to Martin in the stand, who's not easily impressed and has a tendency for his optimism to occasionally take a short holiday, then imagine what it's like to be one of his teammates. Uh, he's extraordinary. And when he put that away, and the thing was, when they scored, I don't think I'm alone because it was coming, right? They just did the brilliant save from Alan McGregor just before, but they were dominating. We couldn't get out. When we got the ball, we gave it straight back. Mark mentioned we looked tired, and it reminded me disconcertingly of that Benfica game at Ibrox. Yeah. When it was, you know, people say, ah, oh, game management. It wasn't game management. It was Benfica were brilliant, as I think they've subsequently proved. And they ran as ragged, and eventually we just mentally tired and made mistakes that they took advantage of. And I saw. terribly alarming parallels with that game but I didn't necessarily see where a goal was coming from and for me I was thinking right get to get to full time don't concede let's get to full time get to extra time manager can do a reset and he's very good at those and we'll see where we go from there but of course you know somebody was going to pop up and be the hero and again these are all things that that make you believe that we can win it because they do do this. They do find ways, you know, the, the goal that Braga scored against us was mm. a shattering disappointment, but they go out and they get the one and they get over the line. And uh, it's a magnificent result, incidentally. Let's, you know, we're so caught up in what it's led to for us and the special night. You know, we've look at our results against these sides, you know, 3-0 against Red Star Belgrade, 4-2, obviously, and, and even two each against Borussia Dortmund, 3-1 against Red Bull Leipzig, you know, 3-1 against Braga. These are fabulous results. I mean, really top results. We're scoring goals and we're, we're making things happen. And uh, it was just, when that ball hit the net and... The three of us were together last night and we, we sort of leapt up and the, there was this, you know, delight, joy, but amazement and just, that's the kind of thing that happens to us in Europe. And I know that's the 90s boy in me. It doesn't have, Glenn Kamara's goal is the type of goal we concede in Europe where it's just this perfect, yeah. unstoppable, beautifully placed strike that's almost cruel and it's it's perfection. Um, And there we are doing it. Um, we don't look as though we're... We don't look as though we're in the mood to stop. 
Well, not in Kansas anymore. The, mm. the, 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 it was fitting Adam that Lundstrom gets that goal because he's, he's been so immense. And I know his goal ultimately wasn't the, the, the one that won it, but also fitting that Kamara had his moment last night given, I guess, how the Europa League ended for him last season. Um, and it's just another little thread in this, this particular tapestry that I thought was, was quite apt. They weren't even the best two Rangers goals last night. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but okay. Um, yeah, so top, top goal scorer in the Europa League. Right back though, can't defend. Just scores penalties. Never a captain. Um, <laughs> the, uh, that's a good point. Actually, James, uh, the the free kick that will come in for, for the goal, um, if you watch it back, you see Goldson and Balligan, I think it are, that aren't planning to come up. I think this was right in this period where Red Bull kind of had us a little bit. They're not planning to come up. Um for it and, and Tavernier is pushing them forward to get them in the box. Um, he overhits the, the cross deliberately, I think, probably, this one, I think we'll all agree. He overhits the, the cross, it goes over Goldson's head and it gets to Kent, who who brings it in. Um, but I want to have a word for, for the manager because we spoke about, or we have been speaking about Lundstrom and Bassey's flexibility, but we see it again where the manager makes a, a change and it's Balligan coming on, Ryan Jack going off, who... I think had a, an ice pack on his, his ankle. Um, hopefully he's he, he's okay. But that then means that Lundstrom can move into the middle of the park. And I think that really helped us out. At that base level, he's probably not um, going to be in the box at, at that point or maybe not still in the box. He'll be trying to get back possibly um, if he's at centre-half. So the fact that he's in the box prowling about to get that winner is great. But then also later on, that run that typifies him where he just runs through two or three Leipzig players uh, and finds himself pretty much one on one, and he squares it to to Sakala, who, who's offside. But just that that dominance that he's got in the box to score the goal, but just that physicality that we've been needing in the middle of the park and the energy um, to still be going at that stage, given everything that has happened over the last month or so, was just unbelievable from him. Because you look at who's up front at that point, and it's not you don't really have guys that are going to offer you any kind of physical threat. Really, it's Ken. That's not really his game. Sakala is actually better in the air than what you might think, but that, again, that's not really his his primary role. So you do need to have someone that's got a bit of, of strength further up to just offer that when you're wanting to maybe try and put in those sorts of attacks. I was worried, I'm sitting with my dad, and we were both kind of thinking, have we, have we almost gone a bit too defensive too soon? In terms of just with the with the type of changes that they, they were, and I think especially when they got their goal, um, we were really worried at that point that we had just you know made that decision a bit early. Obviously, I know the reason to taking Jack off was probably because you know he's taking a knock, which is absolutely fair enough. But um, it was something that's back in mind. But looking back on it now, just being able to have Lundstrom um, playing up in that area and not just being a guy that you're, you don't just turn him into a target. It's not like you put Goldson up there because Lundstrom can do so much more when the ball's at his feet. He can, you know, play a great pass. He's unlucky with that ball. If we'd got a goal off of that, would have been called back for offside. He's very unlucky with that though because it's a really, really well-hit ball. Um, but yeah, again, again, it comes back to what I was saying about, you know, the in-game management from... And I'm sure it's. I'm sure a lot of it comes, you know, a lot of credit for the way that we play in these kind of games as well. You know, you got to give that to Dave Voss too, um, as well as Gio kind of making the decisions because these guys will be 
you know they'll know in terms of different shapes at that moment to kind of go with depending on what's available. Um, Tactically, I think Van Bronckhorst is, you know, really superb, and he's demonstrated it throughout this Europa League run. Not only with his ideas, his ability to change them within a game, and his marked uh, almost anti-reluctance to do so. He doesn't say, no, we play this way and it will just be about the players executing the game plan, which incidentally is, is a, you know, Adam, you'll know better than me, but it's, it is a school of management. It's that Klopp, Bielsa thing that, no, the way we play is correct. If it's not working, it's the players are not executing it correctly. And that is legitimate, incidentally. I, I tend to think that might work if you've got top grade players but I think if you've got you know maybe not quite that you need to have that tactical flexibility but he will change it up he will make things happen and I think we've seen quite a lot of as we've mentioned here resets um, during matches half time on Sunday was a good example of it he's very very good at just picking up little things that are happening in the game making slight alterations that sort of turn them your way and that, that again the players are clearly buying into it now uh, that that he does that, so they kind of throw themselves into it wholeheartedly. Whereas if there's not trust there for a manager at, at any club, then obviously when they're asking me to do stuff, they kind of look at it skeptically, and um, you know it, it doesn't translate. He is absolutely terrific at just saying we need to do this. You need to be here. We'll change shape for ten minutes. Doesn't mean we might not change back or change to something different later. Um, but the players, you need the players who can do that. And the guys who are so important in that, we've mentioned Bassi, Lundstrom. But everybody else goes and does their shift, whatever they need to do. Kamara was a great example last night. He played that role in the first half, and I thought he was magnificent. Second half, he had a different role, but he did it. Um, and they do it without complaint. And they, they can do it without needing a settling in period. And that, at this level, is enormous. And again, something we've rarely had. Another thing as well is just you think about it that when we're all going through our kind of more difficult spell uh, under Gio earlier in the season, you know, people were saying, ah, you know, maybe he needs a summer, he needs to bring in his own his own players, guys that will kind of suit him better. He's still working with a squad that's you know in in the main being built by someone else, but he's developed these players into the type of players that he needs them to be. That in itself is a really important skill for a manager to have, and he's done that in a relatively short space of time to get us to the level we're at now that's also rather remarkable I think it's a difficult one to to really put a, a, a label on because you're you're kind of going from an ideologue to, to a generalist I guess and when you're everyone wants to define things don't they they want to say this is how Van Bonkos plays and this is how it's different to, to Gerard. and I've, I've been saying for a for a while that there isn't really an overarching Obviously, there's always a philosophy, there's always a game model, there's always a plan, but there isn't that constraint there um, with him. He could play a three at the back in, in a random game and you wouldn't think anything of it. It's about the execution, it's about Bassey and Lundstrom stepping in so that it is kind of not a three in the back when, when you're in possession. It's, it's completely different. Um, similarly, last night he went three up top. He, he, he's done one, he's done two, he's done one behind one. Um it is just changing all the time and I think when things are going well all of these changes are, are, are so subtle you mentioned in the post-match uh, press conference about Bassey uh, in the game against Hibs in the League Cup semi-final we've seen how effective he was at pressing that kind of active pressing and coming out of any midfield to, to try and dominate the forwards we've seen how, how well he did that against Rovich at Hamden and, and again last night uh, in one of the Braga games as well so just all these little tweaks in game that maybe 
don't all form a, a philosophy together, but it's much more at the lower level. Um, I, I mean, he's not put a foot wrong at all. You can't argue um, with with the results absolutely in the in the European stage. Martin, it's a bit of a cliche, but I think we always need to do it. Just a bit of context on this European run. There's that graphic flying about. Um, the the Rangers starting lineup cost thirteen million pounds. When you consider that Ryan Kent is over fifty percent of that, you've got ten players that cost. Six million pounds that are now favourites. I think I seen earlier on are now favourites for Europe League final. You look at Red Bull, uh, you look at Frankfurt. They think nothing of, of spending twenty twenty five million on a player if it got them where they need to go. It is not a, a cobbled together side. It doesn't feel cobbled together. Maybe in the way that two thousand eight did. They don't play like it's cobbled together. But the facts are the facts for the amount of money that we spent for our turnover etc. We are massively overachieving here. We are. We we. we it's felt like a continual overachievement if, if that isn't an oxymoron because every single season of the, of this this four year spell Adam um, we've kind of surpassed where we really should be for our spend and for our situation and obviously the, the, the club its infrastructure having a rebuild really only since 2015 I mean that's not that long ago um, so I, I I think only last year did we think, right, we're, we're, we're a Europa League team, a very comfortable group stage, kind of consistent player, and and that's that's fine. And now we're in the fucking final. They, they, they just don't stop with um, kind of breaking these uh, breaking these barriers in this, this particular arena. Um, so, that, again, that, that comes from Gerard's first season. We, we, we had no business being in the group stage. With four qualifiers, we were the only second team to do that, or something like that. No business at all, and it just—I think that set something that you know what. That there are no barriers here, only in your own mind, um, and I think it's just been this continual um, growth um, season upon season, um, and and that's that's kind of led us led us where we are. Leipzig, I mean, right, okay. I don't want to go down the whole. You know, you and Murray get the balance sheet out. Sometimes it goes very wrong. Teams can spend a lot of money, and it just is, is very bad. But they were in a Champions League semi final two years ago. They are a very good set, and Kunku is yeah. as good a young striker as you'll get in Europe. Not called Haaland, right? I mean, that this is a top set. They spend their money carefully and pretty well. Yeah, you know, as you say that this is not like Manchester United reckless spending on rubbish that doesn't fit together. That's not who they are. It's a hell of an achievement. It shouldn't have been possible. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the logic, uh, and again, maybe, yeah, you can hang on and do get your nil-nils or get your away goals when it was there or hold on for penalties. We didn't do that. We beat them 3-2. We're through. We scored more goals than they did, and, and we went through. It shouldn't be possible, uh, and maybe logic doesn't come into it in, in some respects, but David, <laughs> we can't finish up, and we will finish up in a few minutes, we can't finish up without talking about the fans and the atmosphere, which... We mentioned there, uh, the, the Leipzig manager Tedesco said, basically, that spooked us a little bit. He wouldn't go as far as saying that the players were spooked, but he said, I didn't really appreciate what that was what that was going to be like. We were in there very early, obviously, in, in the press, uh, and it was palpable from about half past seven onwards, and I thought throughout the entire game, uh, my first season ticket was, was 1994. Um, I didn't get anything earlier than that in terms of European stages. Parma's always been the benchmark for me. Yeah, I think some yeah. of the games... This knockout round have came quite close, but that eclipsed it, and I don't think it was even close. That was absolutely unforgettable in terms of how the fans 
to all the teams through that. Context. Does it, does it take, well, yeah, the, the size of the match, but that, uh, again, I think there can be an expectation sometimes that it's just going to do, you yeah. know, and, and people can turn up and expect. And I think that did happen against Fiorentina, albeit that was a first leg. But I think that people sort of turned up expecting this amazing atmosphere and it didn't translate. Um, I am murder for old Rangers things in the past when I were a lad were better, you know, back when when I had hair and everyone wore Ben Sherman shirts and we were on, you know, we were on our way to nine in a row. So I can be murdered for that. I was at Kiev, I was at Parma. They were both phenomenal. Kiev, to me, of course, has that that allure of I was a little boy and I saw it through a little boy's eyes. Parma was just, you know, magnificent and you can talk about the quality of side that they had and it's a legit thing. Last night was the best. Last night was the best. The the atmosphere, the emotion, obviously, with, with Jimmy Bell um, and the, the crowd and the players honouring him and just this steely determination of being in it together. Somebody... Uh, on Twitter, Tags on Twitter had a really great line where he said, that's the kind of thing you get at, at music concerts, where you just feel at one when the yeah. band and yeah. the crowd and everyone's on the same page and you're singing the same songs and they mean a lot to you and everyone's together and, and there's a bond. That happened last night and again, you can hand out as many wee plastic flags as you want. Yeah, right? yeah. You, you can't, can't play, contrive it. You can't contrive it. It happens or it doesn't and it's as I say, I, I, I'm a tendency to, in any of these debates to go, oh, recency bias or uh, oh, yeah. things were, were better in my day. No, last night was the best. And people can disagree with me, but I was at all three. Last night was the best. And the, the, the band analogy is brilliant, but the Europa League's the album. Like it, it's a collection of of all these moments building to, to that, that one thing. It was always going to be that way unless Leipzig come out and scored two goals in the first 20 minutes and um, flattened everything. It, it, it always had the potential because unlike all these other famous nights, and they were, and they were brilliant, I'd add Marcy into that as well. Um, Leeds was tense, actually. Leeds was was not a great atmosphere. But some special nights. But not for 50 years, literally, none of them. Ibrooks has not seen a game with as much riding on it because second legs are different. Um, and it is the final stage before you you, you go off to a, a, a major final. So the context always meant that it was it had the potential to be that we talked about it all all week really. Um, since we were you know still in it, uh, the one 0 defeat kind of left us um and and still live in the tie. Yesterday was dreadful. <laughs> I mean, we just I, I just left just left the house at five o'clock. I think I just, I just need to go. Um, because it was it was oppressive that tension, yeah. Um, so you get this release, and obviously the, the match turning out the way it did. The, the ingredients were there, but even I was amazed just by how how special it was. And again, in Europe, players, fans, club seem to just be on the same wavelength, the same uh, the same frequency, and have been for. For a few years, uh, and this is just that, that that combination of it. It's the greatest night in the in the history of that stadium. James, last word on that for you before we finish up. It, it was a stressful day leading up to it, but when we got there, when we started singing, it it, it just felt it wasn't a conscious thing. It wasn't um, forced. There was no defiance about it. It was just as as David and Martin have described, just a thing that happened, and and both the stadium and the fans and the team were all all in one. And I, 
I'm not a big fate and destiny person, the same as, as Martin, but I think when you have something like that happening, it's very powerful for our team and it must be very daunting for an opposition team regardless of, of the calibre. I've got messages after the game from you know people in Germany um, who are watching the game and they're talking about the answer and saying, you know, you don't, you know, we don't get that in this country. We don't get it to that level, you know. And you're you're talking about a a country where you know one of their big things is kind of fan culture and how you know it's oh, it's such great atmospheres and it's great to be a football fan in Germany. But you know that was special last night. That's in years to come when I'm, you know, your your boy's age, a while yet to go before I get to that probably, but. Um, I'll yeah, you know, I'll be saying the same thing about that's the standard. It's it's Leipzig, and it's you know a night that all of us will remember. And if we were lucky enough to be in the stadium for it, just ninety minutes of. I mean, I've, I've I'm don't think I've sweat so much at a game <clears throat> before. Just I was drenched at the end of it because the whole the the pressure and the release of that, and to release it in such a in such a good way as well by celebrating the goals when we did and you know to celebrate at the end and you know I was in utter bits and I'm sure there was other people that would have been the same as well just you know achieving that and everything coming together so Martin's right it's it's the greatest night that that stadium has witnessed um and you know we're, we're going into the final that given how we've done up to this point and who we've played it's very winnable. It's far more winnable than what two thousand and eight was. Yeah. Um, so you know, it could it could be something that we look back on as being part of something absolutely massive, the the biggest thing to have happened in modern day Scottish football history. Um, and I'm I'm a big believer in that. It can be something that can happen, and that'll be another reason why we'll remember last night as being just beautiful in a footballing sense absolutely David I think we'll, we'll finish there um, not the most polished of pods probably quite a lot of uh, rambling and emotion but as, as Jimmy Bell said in that video that we played pre-match not really bothered what happens as long as we win um, and we absolutely <laughs> did um, and we've got to do the end of the pod without any crying not very much not very much cheering or, or yelling I think our voices are all intact so we'll take that as a win yeah. and we'll move on to next week but thank you very much for joining me yeah we'll have plenty of well, we've got plenty of time. We've got under two weeks, but we'll have plenty of coverage of the build-up over over on Heart Hand on Patreon. So uh, people go there. Uh, you you'll hear more from us. But uh, yeah, I think we're all just you know this is this is this is a feeling, man. This is a feeling, <laughs> and you know some people don't like football. Shun these poor, half dead, soulless creatures. Absolutely, Martin. Thank you. Pleasure, Adam. Big game on Sunday. Five games. Five games from the treble, that's right. Yep, okay. James, thank you very much. Do we have a game on Sunday? Gosh. Um, yes, thank you, Adam. Uh, I'm thinking my way back to bed for a wee bit, to be honest. Yeah, well, you better buckle up because we're out tonight. So a couple of hours sleep and we'll be good to go. Okay, thank you all for listening. As David said, if you would like to hear more from us, you can at www.patreon.com forward slash heart and hand up to four shows a day for as little as pound fifty a month. David will be back on Monday with the flagship and we'll be kicking off the build-up to Seville over the next couple of weeks. Hope you have a lovely weekend and we'll speak to you then. Thank you.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.